Hello, everyone, and welcome back to How Do You See Your Glass, the podcast, and also the launch of our Empower Garifuna Woman Collective project. I've been working on this project since February. It was an idea that came to me in which I really wanted to highlight the contributions and the accomplishments of Garifuna women. As a Garifuna woman myself, I know what it's like to really navigate the world um, as an indigenous and also as a Latinx woman. And I really just wanted to use this space to really highlight the amazing work that these women are doing. And so I hope that you enjoy and please, please be on the lookout for our next um, Empower Garifuna Women Collective in november and i hope that you guys do sign up and so please enjoy and again for those of you who don't know me my name is allison and if you are a first-time listener welcome i hope you enjoy the concept that i do have and if you haven't already please follow us at how do you see your glass the podcast on instagram that is hdy.syg podcast again that is hdy that syg podcast i hope you enjoy hello everyone and welcome back to how do you see your glass the podcast and it's also the last episode for our empower getting from our woman collective project so i am very excited about that and today we have our final guest kayla and i'm actually gonna hand it over to her for her to introduce herself to you guys and so thank you kayla for being here no, absolutely. So um, my name is Kayla, as was mentioned. Um, I am from the Bronx. I am a mom, a teacher, a proud guy from a woman. And I'm so happy that you invited me here to be with you. I'm so looking forward to our combo. Yes, definitely for sure. And so um, you mentioned you're from the Bronx. So do you currently live in the Bronx um, right now? Yes, I um, live in the Bronx. I grew up in the Bronx. Um, yeah, so my both my parents are from South Bronx. They met at Stevenson High School. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but if you're a Bronxite, you know what that is, um, where that is. And yeah, so I'm a Bronx baby. Wow. And what what part of Central America and as well as the the Pueblo, if you know what Pueblo they are from, are your family from? So here's the thing. I am actually a mix. My my dad is St. Lucian. He's West Indian. My mother is Garifuna. So I got um I get that from her. Um we're from Colón in Honduras, okay. um, specifically Trujillo. Oh. And then we moved to La Ceiba. So that's where my family is living currently in Ceiba. Oh wow. Yeah. So Oh, that's really, and this is, wow, you're probably the first person that's like, <laughs> that's like knows so, where you're from. <laughs> yeah, you're really like, that's so interesting. Okay, and so you guys yes. grew up in the Bronx. Um, and so what high school did you attend? Or, and also, um, like, tell us a little about also, like, what college you went to and what was your current area of study while you were there and kind of just get a feel of, like, what that experience was like for you. So I, like I said, I grew up in the Bronx, right? So I wanted something different. So when I decided to go to high school, I wanted to go to an all girls school. I know that that's like not very common, mm -hmm. but I wanted to see something outside of where I grew up. So I decided to go to high school in Manhattan. Um, I went to Cathedral High School, which is an all girls Catholic school on 56th mm -hmm. Street and 1st Avenue. So it was a very much of a culture shock. Midtown okay. Manhattan in comparison to South Bronx, where everyone around me is someone that either looks like me or I can identify with culturally to going now into high school where, like, you know, they have like Whole Foods and it's, you know, yeah. completely different, completely different. But yeah, so I went to Cathedral High School 
I did the same for college. So I went to Iona in Nourishell. And actually funny because my major in college was speech pathology. Um, And I, you know, I kind of got a feel of that when I decided to go into graduate school. I did not get into graduate school. Okay. Oh, wow. So yeah. um, But that was very difficult for me. But I went to Iona. And then um, after Iona, I took a year and I became a paraprofessional in the Department of Education. Um, at that point, I was, you know, made in contact with another um, colleague who yeah. told me that, you know, you can do more. Like, you're doing great at this, but you can do more. And I kind of felt like that. Like, I have a whole degree, but I'm, you know, not doing everything that I feel like mm-hmm. I could. Ended up going to Hunter okay. College. Very and cool. um, yeah, I went to Hunter and I got um, my master's in bilingual education. And I'm currently a bilingual teacher in the Department of Education. Okay. So um, what languages do you teach? I teach English and Spanish. Oh, wow. That is great. So that's actually pretty good because it kind of delves into um, the next question I have for you, which is pretty much, you know, have you talked a little bit about like, you know, going to Honduras, like where your mom is from and things of that nature. But my question to you is more so. So have you always been surrounded by the Garifuna culture or was that an identity um, you questioned as a child and then later decided to explore when you got older? I would say that I've always been. How do I say like I've always been surrounded by it, but you know, when you don't realize what you're in until you step outside of it. Mm-hmm. And that was really the biggest thing for me, but I've always been around it. My grandmother was very heavy mm-hmm. in the community. Well, my great grandmother was very heavy in the community. Um, we grew up on 174th street. I don't know if, if a lot of your um, um, listeners. Like Park. Park. <laughs> yes. There's a huge population from there down. If you're yeah. familiar with that area. So my great, my great grandmother was very heavy and my mom even grew up. She danced punta like in like a, like a group you know so it was very much in the household when I was growing up oh wow yeah okay and so did you in the household did you speak more of like English Spanish or Garifuna and also do you understand Garifuna or speak it so unfortunately no and I I always I always kick my mom about that because my great-grandmother and her they would speak Garifuna almost like their conversation and then my great-grandmother would speak to me in Spanish okay yeah. So and my day kind of like was I would go to school, you know, I would listen to English, I would come home, I would listen to Spanish, they would have their conversations in Garifuna. Mm. And when she would be on the phone, she would speak in Garifuna, but it was never directed towards me. And it wasn't part of my everyday. So I did not, you know, soak it in the way mm-hmm. that I did Spanish. And it's funny that you even mentioned that because I kind of have a very similar experience as well, because for me, um, my first language was Spanish because that's what was taught to me. That was what was spoken in the household. But when it came to Garifuna, my mom never spoke to me in Garifuna. The only time she would speak Garifuna is if she was having a conversation she didn't want me to know or to hear about. So it's really interesting that you say that because it seems like so many parents do the same thing. Yes, it's like now it's gone. Like the next generation doesn't get it, you know, but they weren't thinking that far ahead, I suppose. Yeah, and for sure. And I also think that that does come with some sort of like survival mechanism as well, right? Because you come to the States and for the most part, thankfully, um, we do have a lot of a, a strong 
well, you do have a strong Spanish population or Latino population in the Bronx. So being able to speak Spanish does help navigate that a little better. But I do think that when it came to Garifuna, it probably was something they felt that we didn't really need um, in order order to progress in the world. But I do think in terms culture-wise, um yeah that definitely backfired point of identity for us people because a lot of the things that are associated with your culture is the language yeah you think about culture you think language you think food you think music Mm -hmm. right and one of those things I don't have so sometimes you kind of feel like am I am I Garifuna enough Mm -hmm. because I don't know the language Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so but you know you kind of just take what you can and go with it right (laughs) for sure and that that you know and we talk about identity right and like how what does that look like for us like and I know that's something that I've always questioned and I still question to this day right and so one of the things that I really wanted to get your perspective on is like how do you identify yourself presently because there's a lot of controversy um just about whether or not Garifuna people should identify as solely Garifuna or should we identify as Afro-Latinx or should we be able to do both and so I just want to know how do you identify yourself and also like how do you feel about that um topic of just how we should identify in terms of being Garifuna or Afro-Latinx I think well I, I'll start with how I identify okay so I identify myself as both. I, I consider myself to be a Garifuna woman. I consider myself to be Afro-Latina. Um, and I consider myself both things because I always see um, being Latina as like a big umbrella, right? And then, or we'll use like a, a tree, right? Yeah. And then in that tree, you have branches. Mm-hmm. And this is how I see it. When you have branches, you have you know, you have certain leaves on this branch or certain leaves on that branch. And I would consider Afro-Latina to be a branch. And on that Afro-Latina branch is Garifuna. And there, you know, obviously there are other Afro-Latinas and how they identify themselves, but that's how I see me. I see myself as a, as an Afro-Latina. Among the Afro-Latinos, I am a Garifuna woman. So that's just me. Do I think that um, we shouldn't consider ourselves Latin? Um, or Afro-Latinos, I think we should. And the reason why is because we live in a, well, not we live, but our families are from a Latin American country, right? So technically you are Latino, whether you are white, black, Indian, whatever, right? And then you have that added cultural piece, which is our culture of being Garifuna. So that's how I see things. People may <clears throat> yeah and I I definitely agree because I also identify as both um only because again my first language is Spanish growing up in my household um we did listen to punta it was like and you know I knew what punta was and like my family was immersed in that as well but for the most part um we really listen to like bachata, salsa, merengue. Um, so like a lot, of, a lot of like my my early upbringings was very more identifiable with a lot of Latinx music. Right. And it wasn't until I got older, and you know, just to backtrack a little bit, I, we would go to the Garifuna Mass. Like I remember being younger, I would go to the Garifuna Mass. Nice. Um, but that was like once a year, right? So like my family, we're very, I would really much say like we're very Americanized. The only time we probably practice 
um, something very traditional to the Garifuna community would be when there's a death in the family. But right. other than that, we're very much Americanized or we immerse ourselves with just like Latinx music. And right. so um, it wasn't until I got older that when I wanted to learn about the Garifuna culture, I'm like, okay, well, I have to surround myself around Garifuna people in order for me to know what's going on. And, and that's when I, <laughs> yeah. that we have a lot of the same experiences, uh-huh. you know, like we, like yeah. you were saying, like you identify with both. You grew up speaking more Spanish than Garifuna. Like we, a lot of us have that story. You know, and does that mean that, you know, what it looks like is is changed or does it just look different in our generation where we live? Like, you know, I don't know if there's like one brush that we can paint that says that if you do all these things, you're Garifuna. I feel like, you know, we come in different with different, you know, abilities and different. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, I'm trying to find. speaking some of us can't some of us can cook the food some of us can't yeah. some of us can dance some of us can't differences. You know? yeah. differences yeah like that is so true and I mean you mentioned that like you're you're obviously you live back in Toronto <laughs> um and not like, anymore I'm actually uptown now I'm actually oh, okay I'm up yeah I'm, I'm further uptown closer to like Mount Vernon area yeah. Okay. So when yeah. you were younger, um, so did you go to like a lot of the Garifuna events when you were younger or? So here and there, here okay. and there. I know my mom, my mom went to a couple parties. My mom also went to the mass. I did not go to mass, but that was more for like a religious reason. Okay. Um, okay. I did hang out a lot in, in the parque with everyone. I would say I would go to the parade. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, you would have your family cookouts and stuff like that. My best friend, is also a, a Garifuna woman and her family is very heavy. So I would be a lot, you know, with them and they were very involved. So of my family, maybe my best friend and her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> That's really interesting. It's really Because I, I remember being younger and going to the Honduras Parade like every year. And I think... I stopped going when I went to, when I went away for college, honestly, once I went away for college, I, I haven't, I didn't go back. Um, I probably came back once, which was my sophomore year of college, but mm-hmm. other than that, I haven't been since. So. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it was, you know, it was part of my life growing up. It was mm-hmm. now that I think back about it, on it, I think like, you know, was I really involved? Like, yeah, I actually was to a certain degree. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's important. And, and I have children now. So yes. I want them to be involved as well. I want them to know so that they can pass it on to their kids. And it's so funny, like once you have kids that you kind of think that way. Prior to, I was just about myself mm-hmm. and I knew who I was. So I didn't have to like, you know, make it known. But now that I have children, I have to. Inst- Some things are sub- of subconscious, of course, but you know, letting them know, listen, this is who you are. This is where your family's from. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> and have they been to Honduras yet? Or are you planning? I haven't. So my kids are okay. small. I have a four-year-old and I have a one-year-old. Okay. And um, my one-year-old, obviously, most of her life has been in COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been when I just haven't been able to take her back yet. My grandfather's actually moving back. He's mo- he's leaving on Friday to um, back to his house. Okay. So we'll probably try to visit in the summer. Wow. Okay. And since we're almost at time, I just want to 
It's something in your form that really stuck out to me. And I really just wanted to know just a little bit about, um, you mentioned that some of your students are Garifuna and like, yes. you know, so like, how, how is that? Like, that's oh so interesting. God, so amazing. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I see the names and I see their faces, I'm like so excited. And you can just see the relief on their faces, you know? Most times, like when I grew up, I didn't have a Garifuna teacher ever, you know, like I didn't yeah. have who identified with me in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I can do that for other kids coming up is so yeah. amazing to me. It almost makes me emotional. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, it really does. Because yeah. I know like if they never have another Garifuna teacher, they had me. Yeah. No, and I and I understand them. I understand how you speak. I understand your accent. I understand how to speak to you to to reprimand you. You know, I understand a lot of the things that maybe another Latin teacher may not be able to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I yeah. remember a funny, quick, quick, quick. Um, I had a, a a class, and one of my kids, one of the students in the class, she was my colleague, and she says, "Yeah, one of the kids was talking about confite." And I was like, oh, he's talking about candy. <laughs> like, <she didn't> <laughs> <laughs> like, but you know, if I were his teacher, I would be able to understand that right away. Yeah. She's like, I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what that is. I'm like, it's candy, it's candy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So wow. it's just that kind of thing. I, I kind of, I won't lie. I kind of favor them a bit because I just, I love my great friend of babies. Yeah. They're amazing. And that's really amazing. Cause like you said, like we didn't have any, for not teacher than you know like really just happened to because i'm assuming are you first generation i am actually second generation oh oh wow yeah, i'm second generation yes oh, okay wow yeah that's really interesting, though. But it, it's even like just having a teacher that can connect with you and like you could be able to use as a resource and just understand like what you're going through. I feel like it's different. I feel like even for me going through the New York City public school system, I wish I had a guide for that teacher. I really do. Right. Right. Um, and so that's really, really amazing that you're in that space now. You, you're able to just send that change as well and like be that resource for them, especially coming from Honduras, because I know like around to I would say between the years of like 2008 and like now a lot of people are coming from Honduras to the states right um, and so yeah the transition is definitely not easy and so thank you for your work because it's really really needed and as we come to a close oh, I'm so sad I wish we could talk more <laughs> yeah no definitely right <laughs> um I really just wanted to end this with just um what is a piece of advice you would give to Garifuna women listening in right now who may have had a similar or may have not had a similar experience as you? And just like, what is just one piece of advice you would love to give? Um, I would say, and I don't want to sound corny, but I would, I would love to tell them to, to continue to pursue higher education, mm. to follow your dreams, yeah. you know, not give up on the first sign of like a fall. Cause you know, mm. like I said, I first started, and I did not get into grad school for what I wanted to go to school for. And I had to figure it out. And it was very discouraging for me. And, you know, you kind of sometimes feel that weight on you when you are a first generation or a second generation. Because although I'm second generation, I'm one of the first to graduate from college in my mm -hmm. family when it comes to that. So it is a lot of pressure. And, like, not don't let the pressure take over, yeah. you know. Know who you are. Know the women that were before you, you know. And stand on that to, to continue to propel yourself forward. Yeah. Wow, I needed to hear that. <laughs> I needed to hear that. That is so true. Yes, we come from a strong yeah. tribe, honey. We come yeah. from a strong yeah. tribe. 
Wow. So thank you so much, Kayla. I'm very, very excited for when this drops. Thank my you last. for having me. Yes, no problem. And I honestly look forward to having you come back again. So definitely look out for that as well. So thank you so much. Thank you.